Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Everybody good? If you're doing good, I want you to put your hands together like this, real loud, real, real loud. If your team won yesterday, put your hands together like this, real loud. That's all you'll hear at Journey about football until about halfway through the message, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. No. Man, what a good day. What about them? Man, what a good day it's been so far. Worship has been amazing. Um, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to give a warm welcome to Tracy Presley. I'll explain why he's up here, but give him a warm welcome. So a few weeks ago in our series um, called um, Love Your Neighbor, we talked a little about it, and I'm, I, I kind of said that I was going on a trip with Tracy. We're going down to DR to look for some opportunities for missions for us, and that's primarily because we haven't been able to do it in the areas that we've done it in the past, which is Haiti and some of the other uh, countries. But um, I, I felt like, man, what a great idea today just to share with our church because of the extravagant generosity that we talk about every week, and we, we do. We applaud our church. We're a faith community here that believes in that, but sometimes we forget to go, hey, Let's give us a, you know, like, what's going on in the world? Then? What's going on in missions? And so we f- felt like just let's take a couple minutes, eight or 10 minutes, and just talk a little bit about missions. And I get asked this question all the time, Tracy, and maybe you do too, which is interesting that Tracy's our missions pastor because he's never been on a missions trip. Because <laughs> we hired him right before COVID, and we haven't been able to go anywhere since COVID. But um, one of the things, and, and I, I hear this, like, why go overseas when there's people right here in our backyard that need Jesus, that need food, all that. Why would we ever think about going overseas? So why? Well, first of all, it's because I haven't been into, no, I'm just kidding. Yes, uh, you haven't. But no, really because, well, we read it all the time. It's like the most popular verse ever, right? John three sixteen. for God so loved the world. World. He don't just love Journey Community Church or Evans or just Georgia. I mean, he loves the entire world. And right on top of that, he commanded us to do that. Yep. Um, and it's not like you better go, but because we're changed, because we get to experience salvation, he wants other people to experience it all around the world. Heaven's going to look a lot, a lot, a very variety. How yep. do you say that? Yep. It's going to look different, right? It's just going to be all different tribes, tongues, and nations up there. And that's why he wants us to go. Um, he commanded it in Matthew 28. He said, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he gave a promise to that, which yep. was very cool. He said, I'll be with you. You don't have to do it alone. I'll be with you. And he also did that in Acts 1.8. He said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So we don't just start here and end here. We keep going out because he told us to. And another promise is in that you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Which we read that passage, and we sometimes don't understand what that's talking about. Jerusalem is Evans for us. That's what they were considering. And when you talk about, you know, Jerusalem, Judea, Judea may be the CSRA or maybe over in McCormick, and then you have Samaria, which may be, you know, we may think of it as our state. Uh, and then the ends of the earth may be our country and, and abroad. And so we have taken that passage and made it real personal and tried to uh, do missions in other, other countries and other areas. And so that's, it's important. Um, one of the primary focuses now, if you guys don't know this, and I'll just kind of real quickly, we have uh, two, right now we have two missionaries in Cyprus, which is an island. It's a Greek island. There's also, I think if I'm not mistaken, it's, um, 
what's the so like turkeys right here turkey that's right here yeah and then cypress Cypress. so and what they're doing there is um they're doing um professional missions so they're starting um uh coffee places and they use them as hubs for people to come and they teach the bible while they're you know in, in this in this coffee business so we have a we have people in kenya we have the jacksons Jackson and Hannah Taylor, not yep, the Jackson, exactly. Jackson and Hannah Taylor. And then we were in Haiti. And all you know what broke loose. And obviously what happened in Haiti was um, we couldn't go because some big stuff happened, like the president being assassinated, things like that. It became dangerous. Even the missionaries kind of had to pull out just for their safety. And so we still support Haiti. We still support Disciples Village fully. Um, they they are able to get everything they need. We still support the missionaries that are there and the people that are on the ground, the couple people that are there. Um, and then also the school over at Trufferbond. A lot of you know a lot about that. You support a kid maybe through that. Um, so through that, they so get let, an let, education. Let's let, let, pause for a second. Yeah. So if you don't know this, there's 60 kids that are in Trufferbond, which is a village that we were very closely related to in Haiti. And what we did as a church we went over there, we helped build a church, then from a ch- uh, church we built a kitchen, from a kitchen we built clean water systems, we built a library over there, we built several houses. But we had all these kids that wouldn't go to school if it wasn't for somebody taking care of them. And so what we have done is, I think it's $40, uh, you can sponsor a kid and you can do either, uh, I think it's clothing and food and education. And so what we do is we have about 125 or 30 people here at Journey that have sponsored those kids. If you want to know anything more about that, what I would encourage you to do is just contact April Long at journeycommunity.net. And she is kind of over that area and she would be able to help you if you're interested in sponsoring a kid. It's almost like if you've seen um, Samaritan's Purse or Compassion International or uh, Feed the Children, it's a lot like that, except for almost 100% of our money goes toward that. And a lot of us sponsor several kids. So I just want to make sure everybody understands we sponsor kids. <laughs> yeah, and then, so so yeah, and so an awkward pause. We're still in. We're still in Haiti. We just can't go. We're just not able to go. And so I know Pastor Bobby on your heart is a big thing in the Dominican Republic. You've been going there for like fifteen years. Is that right? Um, I've been a few times before here before I was on staff here, and so we got to actually go and just be uh, kind of like do a vision trip just to see what God's doing, Jamie. And Elizabeth Davis came from Haiti, Disciples Village, and they came over into the Dominican Republic and they started building relationships and they started meeting pastors and meeting other people in the area. And it just became a big thing on their heart. And so what we did was we said, man, we want to go. We want to see it. We want to see what God might be up to and how he might be opening doors in the Dominican Republic. And so that's where we went to the uh, Santiago. It's very urban uh, but and I say urban, but literally two streets yeah. over, you might have the poorest of the poor. There's a Haitian village. There's a Haitian bate there um, that we got to actually walk yeah. down the from from door like from house to house, and we just got to talk with them and pray with these people with a translator, obviously because we can't speak the language. But it was awesome just being able to hear can, their needs. I say three words: taco, burrito. What's the third? C. Si, senor. Banyo. Si, senor. Who said banyo? That's a good one. <laughs> I didn't know that one. It was a rough day. So That's good stuff. But so we we just got to be able to walk. We met a couple of pastors. We went to three yep. different churches, a couple of different schools. We got to meet a couple of the teachers. We got to see them actually when school was going on and see what was happening. And then God just, I think, began because when we 
when we when that trip was kind of over, yeah, um, we started talking, and we were like, man, there's a few things that really are on our hearts that we could actually do there that we believe God's leading us to do. And, and so one of them was that we can help teachers, that they don't have a lot of training, they need support, they need help. And so one of the things we want to do is in the summer, we'd love a few teachers um, to be able to join up and partner up with us. And we go over there and we train teachers to give them tools and things that they need in order to educate the kids um, on a whole new level in a lot better way. Um, they would really appreciate that, I'm sure. Also, um, one of my favorite things that we did was we met a couple of the pastors. Yep. Uh, pastor Elise, uh, Pastor, I, th I think it was um, Luis Juan. I can't remember. But we got to meet a couple of pastors, and they shared their heart. And one of the things we realized, man, when they walked down the street, yeah. the people lit up. Like, they had relationships. They loved people. They were out there just sharing the message of Jesus and really meeting needs and loving people the way a pastor would and should be doing. And so we saw that and got to get on board with them and listen to their stories. We really want to help equip pastors. They don't have a lot of support over there. We really want to help them and come alongside of them and just do like a pastor's conference, something along those lines. One of my favorites, though, was there's missionaries down there that aren't being taken care of. And so we actually felt like, wow, what a great opportunity to just to kind of love on the missionaries, maybe do a, conf a conference for missionaries, go down there, help them, love on them, take them out to dinner, do whatever. And so there's just great opportunities. But one of the cool things that every day, like, so we got to walk the city. And when I say city, um, it's it's called a bate a bat or a, uh, or a, um, um, uh, what's the other word? A, a, a barrio. And so when we got to walk those, we're talking the poorest of the poor. We're talking about what the kids play with are empty, empty oil cans. And they stick a stick through it, and they make wheels out of stuff. We saw a kid that made a kite yeah. out of a trash bag. Like, it's the poorest of the poor. But they are so welcoming to people that will just love on them. And we watched it everywhere we went. But one of the houses, and we learned something, and I don't know if you learned it. Like, <clears throat> maybe the way we do evangelism on this side of the, of the pond is, is wrong. Theirs is all relation relationship, and they expect the Holy Spirit to go in front of them. So they pray with everything. He goes from house to house. But we were sitting in the one house, and we can't understand a word they're saying, but they ask us to pray, which is a whole interesting thing, praying and then waiting for somebody else to pray that prayer in their language. But all of a sudden, this couple started sharing all their stuff, and we were like, what are they sharing? The presence of God was so heavy in their house with several pastors that they started confessing their sins. They started telling this other pastor that they were living in sin and they, and, they, and they wanted forgiveness. And I'm going, what we need is the Spirit of God in this situation. We don't need another conference to teach us how to do it. We just need to ask the, the Spirit of God to go in front of us. And so what we're looking at doing next year is several missions trips to the DR. And that will accompany all the other stuff we do with West Virginia, what we do in Miami, what we're doing in Cyprus, what we're doing in Kenya. And we just felt like we wanted to tell you because we're excited about what God's doing, that you're going to hear a lot about the DR in the next several months. But before we do that, I want you to pray for us. I want you to pray for us as a faith community that we would listen and obey to whatever God wants us to do and uh, wherever it is. Amen? Awesome. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you that you put on our hearts and the hearts of, of Journey Community Church to be a part of world missions, Lord, to go to be obedient to what you call us to do. And I pray right now that even maybe in this room, you will raise up a few people that you 
are calling out to go and to bless people in the name of Jesus and to share the message of Jesus with them. I pray that you would raise up teachers. I pray that you would raise up people to encourage pastors, to help missionaries. Lord, that we would be able to be a partner and a shining light in that community. Lord, right now, I want to pray for the missionaries in the area that, that right now, your Holy Spirit would just encourage them. Yeah. So Lord, thank you that we get to do what we do. And I pray that you would lead every step of the way and that we would follow you. And I pray this in the name of Jesus, like the Dominicans say, Amen. Amen. Give it up for Tracy, our missions pastor. <clears throat> All right, so one of the reasons I love what we do around here and how we do it is today my prayer was that we would activate our RAS. Does anybody know what RAS is? Raise your hand if you know what it is. Nobody in this room knows what it is. Well, it stands for this, reticular activating system. And it's something that happens in your brain. And I'm not going to go into all the details about how the neurons come together and your sight and your smell activate all kinds of things. It's simply like this. Uh, I was told to explain it like this because it's the easiest way. If I say, I want you to notice all the gray Dodge trucks out there. And if I say it enough, what will happen is you will go out today and you will notice all the gray trucks that are on the road. That's RAS. If I say, and, and maybe if you've ever been, if you're, you've been pregnant, you uh, are heavy with child, you notice every person that's in the world that's pregnant. Uh, or it's like this, and this happens all the time with me. My wife laughs at me all the time. Uh, I'm a learner, and so after 57 years and being in ministry 30 years, I'm still trying to learn. So when I learn a new word, you know what happens? I hear that word all over the place, that same word, a word that maybe I haven't heard in years. That's R-A-S. Now, here's what, what, what my thought is today. Have we activated our R-A-S? And what are we missing in our lives because we haven't activated it? What, what things out there that, that are in this world, like the good stuff that we haven't figured out, that we haven't allowed God to kind of speak to our sense and speak to our spirit about those things. And, 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 and another thought is this, I have we become so clouded with all the negative stuff that's out there that we can't see the positive stuff. And what would happen? What would happen if we activated this, this attitude of just, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to have gratitude. I'm going to have thankfulness in, in the things that happen. What would, what would happen? If we notice the joy in the world, like honestly, like this past week, I just spent a little bit of time and I, I, I made some notes. And I'm just like, these are things I'm joyful. And you're going to hear this Christmas Eve when you come to Christmas Eve services, sure. Joy is not a feeling. Joy is a perspective. It's a perspective on whatever you see is your perspective. It's, if it's good stuff, you're going to be joyful. If it's bad stuff, you're not. How about this? How about like gratitude in the world? Like we hear about all the negative, we hear about all the selfishness, but when's the last time we heard a story about gratitude? How about peace? All we see on TV is the wars and the rumors of wars. We don't ever see peace. I, I, I was thinking about this, like what if we, what if we just we purposely, we activated this RAS that we were gonna see love in everything, that we were gonna love each other in all circumstances. We were gonna be like 1 Corinthians 13, where love was kind and patient and it didn't keep a record of wrongs and all the stuff that, that, that's there. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at this thing. We're trying to activate gratitude in our lives. Now, it's interesting because Thanksgiving was Thursday. How many people love Thanksgiving? Anybody love Thanksgiving? It's my favorite holiday until next week when we start my new favorite series, which is going to be on Christmas. But it's my, you know why primarily, well, hey, let me just be honest with you. It's not commercialized. It's not like there is no secret Thanksgiving turkey gift giving thing we're going to have right? Like a secret Santa. You don't have to go, like, I don't have to hear Thanksgiving songs from April on. 
right? You're like, and some of you going, you're saying, I'm not, I'm not anti-Christmas. You know what I am though? I'm anti how we have capitalized on, on what God's doing, like especially religious, a religious holiday like Christmas. Here, here's what it comes down to for me. I love Thanksgiving because by the very essence, it's about being thankful. It's about being grateful. And I sat around my table with my kids and my, 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 my mother-in-law and just sat there going, you know something? I have so much. I look around the table. There's so much to be thankful for. Not the food on the table, but the relationships and how I've watched my kids grow, all that kind of stuff. And today I just want to take a couple minutes and I want to look at a story in the Bible in Luke chapter 17. Some of you have heard the story. If not, I'm going to kind of break it down a little bit today and kind of go old school and just kind of go verse by verse. But Luke chapter 17, verse 11, is a story about these 10 lepers. It says, as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered the village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Now, it's interesting that the very first line or the first little phrase in it, it talks about how they went through this area. See, if you were Jewish, you would never go through that area. You wouldn't go right through Galilee and uh, to Jerusalem through, uh, through Samaria because the worst of the worst, in their opinion, was Samaritans. They were the worst of worst. We learned about it a couple of weeks ago in week one when uh, Pastor Keith talked about what a Samaritan was, the good Samaritan. But these were the lowest of the low people. I, I was trying to figure out even how we could describe it in our world, and there's not even a scenario that, that kind of mimics it. They would literally pray a prayer. I'm thankful that I'm not, and I wasn't born a Samaritan. Can you imagine that, praying that prayer? And so they, for, for, you know, they, they would go on. But the fact that Jesus and his disciples went right through this area speaks a lot about Jesus, doesn't it? That even in all our messiness and all our problems and all our stuff, that Jesus isn't afraid to go right through the middle of our stuff. The other thing that's pretty interesting to me is this leprosy. Now, leprosy today is kind of non-existent. Like, it's like, I don't know anybody, I've never met anybody that's had leprosy. But back then it was pretty common. And what they would do is they would ask to ostracize all these people into a, uh, their own village and they would move them aside. And there was certain things that they had to do and certain things they couldn't do. Matter of fact, they couldn't come in contact with anybody else. And if they ever tried to come in contact or somebody started coming in contact with them, they had to announce to the world, like there were certain things besides the skin uh, coming off there, that the, they would lose their vocal cords, they would lose their hearing, they would lose their eyesight. And then their, their voice would get real raspy, but they would literally have to announce to the people walking up to them, they would say this, unclean, unclean. They would have to announce to the world. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine that in the world we live in? If we told everybody that had a sickness or an illness, that they had to announce it to the world. And Jesus still showed up on the scene. And then we see in verse 14, he says he looked at them. And I love this. He says, go show yourselves to these priests. Now the custom was after a patient had a skin condition, the only way he can de be deemed healed, if he got healed, was he'd have to go to the priest and the priest would have to announce to the rest of that community that he was clean now. And I love this because Jesus is literally saying, to this leopard, I, I've already made you whole. I've already cleansed you. You go and you go show yourself to the priest, and he's going to tell everybody. Now, here's where the story kind of takes a weird twist, okay? And I want you to write this down. This is really important. Many times, gratefulness puts us in the minority. We don't live in a grateful society. As a matter of fact, we see the majority of it the other way. But, you know, we think it's a lot about today. We, when I, I usually use the term, like, like I used to live in a, in a little subdivision that had a lot of wealth in it. And I would say, all the kids are entitled. They have their $40,000, you know, golf carts, and they have this and they have that. And I'm like, well, well I would, like, this just happened in the last 10 years. No, this has been going on for hundreds and thousands of years. Listen to this. 
And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Everybody should be excited at that point, right? They were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. The man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Where's the other nine? Why didn't they show back up? What, what, what happened to them? Why didn't they come back and tell me? And then it goes on to say, where are the other nine? He has no return to give, or has no one returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner. And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. He, here's a sad truth. Everybody, right here. Like, look, look right here. Like, you know, coaches do that. Like, so I'm gonna be like, right here. Let me give you a sad truth. When you do something for someone, you may not agree with this, but I've watched it happen. Their gratitude lasts about as long as they can say and, and, and that, that they're eternally grateful for it. And then what happens? They forget about it. Oh, I'm eternally grateful for everything you did. Until something else happens over here. And then they, and they turn around. It, 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 we live in a society, it's almost like, what have you done for me lately? What have you done for me lately? And we see this all the time. Yeah, you, you, you ever go to a football game? It's the only thing we're going to talk about today, football. I promise, football. So several years ago, my, my brother thought he was doing a really good thing, and he bought two tickets to go see University of Georgia at, um, at University of South Carolina. Did y'all catch that? Two tickets, me and him, in the student section. Now, you think I have no filter here. You should see me at a football game. I have this bright red Number seven, Matthew Stafford uh, jersey on. My brother has another one. I think it was 14. And we're sitting there. Well, after the game, this is a little bit before, you know, we could text people. We get, we get home and in church the next morning, we're sitting here, my brother's running sound and I'm sitting in and we're, we're doing, we're church. And, and a lady walks up and goes, hey, we saw you yesterday. I said, where'd you see us? She said, at the Georgia, uh, South Carolina game. The two of you stuck out like a sore thumb. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes like, it was these two bright red shirts in a sea of garnet. And let me tell you something. Gratefulness in the world that we live in sticks out like a sore thumb. When you're grateful in your job and you let people know you are in the minority, most people don't go, hey, my boss is fantastic. Man, I'm telling you, this coworker is just the best. I can't believe the, the business that we do is so honest and thorough. And what a great, it's a minority. How about in our relationships? How about, how, about, how about in our relationship with our husband and wives? Are we, so one of the things that we've done, we went to a conference, Gina and myself went to a conference several years ago. It was called What, what Happy Couples Know. Some of you probably went to that conference. It's put on by North Point. And it's a marriage conference. And one of the things in the very last session that Andy Stanley talks about, he talks about this concept of mutual submission, which means this. I'm going to think more of you than I am myself. In a marriage, it, it, it has to happen this way. But how about if it happened like me, like Rich, I think more of you than, than I think of like making sure that your needs are met more than my needs. So what we do in our house, we do this thing called race to the back of the line. And that means we're going to try to do a lot of things to get to the back of the line. And it, it starts out first thing in the morning. We race to the coffee pot to see who can somehow or another bring the other person coffee. I usually win because I get up at like 4.30. So like I have to sit there and wait like, Till 637. Here's your coffee, baby. It's cold, but it's it's coffee. Right? You know, or like one of the things that she does for me, and this sounds like I iron my own clothes, except for Sundays. 
She knows that it's a busy day. She knows it's crazy. So usually I get up. When I get up, we kind of, we pick out my clothing. <laughs> Is that sad? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so but race to the back of the line. What would happen if we did that in the world that we live in? With our relationships, if we constantly made it a race, that we were grateful that we raced to the back of the line. Jesus said and asked, did I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Where'd they go? Has no one returned to give glory to the God except for this foreigner? And so minority is one we're grateful. Let me give you the second thing. The second thing is really gratitude must be expressed. Just saying, I feel like, or I don't feel like, it doesn't work. Gratitude is an expression. It's not just an emotion. It's a demonstration, not just a sensation. It's not something you feel. It's something that you do. Now, gratitude is best expressed by doing something. Many, I don't love this. Many people say, well, I'm not, I'm not a touchy-feely person. I, 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 don't, I don't have the, you know what that is? That's a fail. That's a fail. If you can't, if you can't tell your spouse or your kids so one of the things that I have had growing up, my grandfather, I'd never heard my grandfather say to my grandmother, I love you. And I remember asking him one day, so lots of us grew up in that kind of environment. I asked him one day, you, do you love grandmom? And he said, when I tell her I don't, you'll know it. What? When I tell her I don't, you'll know it. Well, it'd be nice for you to tell her that you do once in a while. It's like, could you imagine this? The 10 lepers run up to Jesus and Jesus goes, I don't feel like it right now. Catch me tomorrow. I've had a long day. Hey, I've been turning water into wine. I've been doing all these demon-possessed things to making sure that that happens right. You know, a couple of days ago, I, I, there was, I don't know, 5,000 people and I had to feed them. Nobody helped me. I had to feed them. No, he said, you know something? Because of gratitude, the gratitude he had his father, he did this thing. What would happen if we did the same thing? See, gratitude is only expressed or only useful when it's expressed and demonstrated and put into action. Little boy was asked to pray a prayer. How many people have little kids? Some of the prayers that little kids come up with, aren't they amazing? Like I could, we could write a book of those things. Little kids sitting there praying. He opens his eyes real fast and he looks at the plate and he looks at the plate and he says his prayer, Lord, I don't like the looks of it, but I thank you and I'm gonna eat it anyway. That's gratitude. That's gratitude. That even if it, things don't go your way, even if it doesn't look great, the lepers came back praising God in a loud voice and they threw themselves at Jesus's feet. L listen, okay, let me read the NIV version of this. If you can go to the next slide, there's the NIV version. It says this, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a what? A loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus's feet. Now, here's the deal. I want everybody to notice, we do a lot of things with our loud voice, don't we? Right? We are really good in this world of complaining with our loud voice. We do a great job of giving orders in our loud voice. We do a phenomenal job of, of telling jokes, especially sometimes questionable jokes, in our loud voice. What would happen if we thank people? in our loud ones. Rich, let me tell you something. You know one of the things I appreciate about you? Your faithfulness to Jesus. Your faithfulness of how you've done what you've done over the years as a dad, 
man, I love watching you and your kids going to Jacksonville games and, and watching Oakland, your Oakland Raiders. I, I love that about you. you. You're an inspiration as a dad to a lot of us in this church. Hey, don't cut yourself short. Ron, Ron, you're an inspiration. You're an inspiration. Now somebody could be put away for as long as you were put away and you come out doing what God's called you to do and you're doing it. Man, that's an inspiration to me. That's a loud voice. Brandon Cooper, thank you so much for serving. Week after week, you serve back there and you make sure that those slides go up the right way, not the wrong way like other people, the right way. I'm just kidding. Thank you. Thank you for what you do around this place. Chris Bush, man, you killed it this morning. Did he do a phenomenal job singing this song? Him and Lauren. Lauren, man, that's Lauren right there. I didn't know both of you were going to be in this service. I'm not doing this because let's illustrate this. I'm doing it because I appreciate them. We have to do it in a loud voice. I've got a couple more minutes, and I've got to hit, I've got to hit this last point. Can I do this one more real quick? The last one is decide to do something with your gratitude. Make sure you're doing something with it. A lot of times we just keep it in, we keep it in, we keep it in, but on, we just got to do something. And it's like this. Anybody, I had a chance when I was in the DR, going to the DR a couple weeks ago. I, I'm not a big movie watcher, but I watched, anybody seen the movie Elvis? A couple of us. And now listen, I don't care if you liked it or not, and it really doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't. But I watched it because my second favorite actor was in it. Tom Hanks. Like, I love Tom Hanks. My first favorite actor, if you guys want to know, is Michael J. Fox. Like, I just love how he's overcome, and he's still an inspiration. But, but, but so here, here's an, did you know how many movies Tom Hanks was in? 81 different movies. Do you know how we got to start? I'm talking about, it wasn't Big Green, it wasn't The Green Mile, it wasn't Saving Private Ryan, it wasn't my favorite, Turner and the Hooch, it wasn't, it wasn't far as, you know, wasn't, you know, for, for, it, none of those. It was a TV show called Bosom Buddies. Remember that? That's how he got his start. He didn't have anything. He had no place to live. He was living in the basement of the guy that kind of constructed the show and put the show together. His first paycheck was $5,000. He had to borrow another $5,000. And you know what he does to this day? I read it just this past week. To this day, when he sees that guy, he runs up and he grabs him by the legs and he says, thank you. Man, what a great illustration of gratitude. Like 20, 30 years ago, this guy reached out to him, and because of that, he realizes, you know, exactly. And, and that's what the scripture says in Luke chapter 17. And Jesus said to the man, stand up, and I love this next, and go, do something with it. Do something with your faith. Bible says, go and make this up. Go, go. What are you doing? What are you doing with this gratitude? How are you demonstrating to the people around you? What are you, what are you showing to the people around you? And here's, here's what I, I, I think, start by making a list. And you know should be at the top of the list? God. God. How many people are thankful that they didn't have to go to a cross? If you don't know the story, that should have been us on that tree. We should have been there for our sins, but Jesus Christ. That's why that when we talk about the Lord's Prayer, it's so important. That first line, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. God, you're bigger and better than anything out there. Thank you. The second thing is without a shadow of a doubt, and I, and I have this happen all the time. I'm, I'm thankful for the, the small things. When I come back from a missions trip, like if you've ever been over to a third or fourth world country and there's no running water, you're thankful for running water, y'all. I get thankful for hot water. 
I'm thankful. <laughs> sounds so weird. One of the biggest things when I get back, I can't wait to do is brush my teeth. Because you can't brush your teeth in a faucet there. And, 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 and this is really weird. I'm sorry, Matt Harrison. I'm one of those guys that sits in the shower and I open my mouth every once in a while I'm in their shower and let the water just go down, right? You can't do that in a third world country. You'll throw up the rest of the trip. And you know what else I'm thankful for? English. I'm thankful for English because I, I can communicate. You want to feel lost? Try communicating with somebody that you don't know their language. And in, in Haiti or DR, there's two languages, Spanish and Creole, and you don't know which one they're going to speak. So they may say merci to you, and I go, hola. And they look at you like, blanc, which means white boy. <laughs> God, then the little things, and then relationships. And because the power of Facebook and social media now, that's easy to do. I did something this past week. I've been meaning to do it for a while, and it's not just because of this message, but I reached out to my pastor. I reached out to my pastor of the very first church that I went to. I reached out to a pastor that told me when I was thinking about playing professional baseball, he said, Bobby, you're not called to play professional baseball. You're called to preach the gospel. You have way more, and I'm glad I listened. So I sent notes to all those people. I was thinking about this. This is really weird, but like I have to do a lot of funerals. And you know what happens at funerals? People come up and they flowers and little notes and they say all kinds of nice things. Why don't we wait to funerals to do that? Why don't we do it while they're still alive? Why don't we tell the people that are closest to us how much we love them until instead of waiting when they can't even understand or hear us? I'm going to let you in on something and I'm going to go a couple minutes long. Are we okay? Because I, I got to share this. I'm going to let you in on the inside of Bobby for a minute. I get really, really homesick. Really homesick. My wife is, we've tried all kinds of things. Like she writes me notes and love letters and my kids, kids used to do that. And it happened a couple weeks ago, but I've never seen it as bad as several years ago when we were on, on our way to Haiti. And I was going by myself and it was when the hurricane happened and we sent the team down there. They were down there a little bit earlier than I was. I had to stay to preach. And then I flew out on a Sunday afternoon and that was uh, right after hurricane. They didn't have electric all working in, in Port-au-Prince. They forgot to plug the extension cord in or something. And so we're flying over the, the airport and I ended up in three countries in about a three hour period of time and ended up spending about three hours in Puerto Rico. It was the only place I can land because of customs. And then at five o'clock in the morning, they flew us into Port-au-Prince when it got light. I was a mess. Okay? I mean, an absolute mess. I couldn't get in touch with my wife because there was no self-service there. And I didn't know where Bill was. I didn't know how to get in touch with people. And here, if you've ever been to Haiti, the worst airport in the whole world is Port-au-Prince. Like, you are attacked by people in Port-au-Prince. So I walk out and I see Bill's face. He said, I've been waiting here most of the morning for you. But he said, we got to make a stop. We got to go get some lumber and some supplies. He hands me the list. And I was thinking it was going to be plumbing supplies and lumber and nails and all that. The very first thing at the top of the list was go pick up our pastor safely. Big Chris wrote it. 
you want to talk about saying it loud? First of all, that I was his pastor. Secondly, that that was more important than anything else was going on. You get our pastor back here with us. We get back to York House, which is where we stay. And he takes me to my bedroom. When he takes me to my bedroom, on my bed is a towel that's folded up like a swan. You didn't do that. You're not that creative. And when you go down, you have to take these little tuna fish packs. And in tuna fish packs, there's crackers and tuna fish and maybe some mayonnaise or relish or something. And then there's a mint. They're the worst mints in the whole world. But next to the towel, Swan, was one of these bluish mints. And that was the best mint I've ever had. What would happen in our world if we did the same thing? If we said it loud to the people that we care about most, that we like. See, I can show gratitude because I've been shown gratitude. I can be thankful because the greatest thing that's ever happened was something that Jesus Christ did for me. So I should be and have built in gratitude because of that. Our pastor, my pastor used to say this all the time. Some, some, I don't care how bad a day it was. He would say, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice. We will, we determined. We sang the song in the beginning regardless because you know what? I can't control the circumstances, but I know the one that can. And that's why I can be grateful. Amen? Let's pray together. I thank you for this moment. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, most of all, more than anything else. Thank you for this church. My friends and my family that are in this church, the people we serve together arm in arm with, telling people about the dangerous message of your son, Jesus, and how he can change everything. I'm grateful that you've given that opportunity and responsibility to us. I'm thankful that you saved me at 17 years old, that you stepped into my life when I was a disaster. God, maybe there's people in this room that are a disaster right now, and I simply say, just talk to Jesus right now. He's the one that can control everything. He's the one that can calm the sea, can calm the, the storm that's in your life. Just reach out to him right now. God, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Not just at Thanksgiving time, but all the time. I'm thankful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or help taking your next step, email our team at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.